This is the 48th episode of Decoding Fox News, and I'm your host, Julia Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze 15 hours of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. This project is made possible by the Knight Center for News Integrity at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY. I'm a graduate of that program, not a student, and if you don't know me, I have a long history covering and researching the far right, specifically a hate group known as the Proud Boys. You can probably hear Thor in the background. He's really loud right now, which is unusual for him. Thor is one of my cats. He's the podcast mascot. So I want to briefly explain this project before I start into this week's episode. Decoding Fox News was designed to help the friends, family members, neighbors, co-workers, and colleagues of people who are deeply entrenched in the Fox News universe. Think of this as a support network of sorts to help you navigate the nonsense that your Fox-loving friends might spew at you. Throughout this podcast, I will refer to something called the newsletter, which can be found at my Substack channel for Decoding Fox News. The newsletter is going to have the exact same title as this podcast episode. It's just going to be right underneath it in the thread on my Substack. The newsletter is handy because it includes hyperlinks to all the sources that I'm going to cite and use throughout this broadcast. And there are quite a few this week. So not as much as last night. The one I did last night was so many hyperlinks. I did this because a lot of people would ask me, where are your sources? I want to find that source, yada, yada. Well, there you go. They're for you, and it's free. Now, some new updates about the project. Uh, I will just say this before I tell you. I was self-employed for a number of different reasons, pretty much a year after I moved to New York to now, which would be probably about 20 years at this point. Now, as a person who's self-employed, if you're self-employed and listening to this, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I'm going to say the final phrase. You believe it when the check clears. (laughs) I say this because if you're self-employed, you spend about half your waking energy trying to get paid from people who you worked for sometimes months prior. This is very normal. It's part of the gig. It's it's very difficult. It's frustrating. And I've even had people give me a check that's not signed. I've had payments not go through. You name it. So I'm at a point now that until I see it go through, I don't really believe it. But there is supposedly an extension that I got on the grant through the Research Foundation, which is a department of basically the, the state of New York, city of New York system. So that's a good thing. And tentatively, there are negotiations. It's kind of, uh, like I said last night, amorphous. It's blurry. It's gray. It's foggy. I'm not sure what's going on yet. Of a collaboration with a larger, much larger organization. And that I, it's not a traditional media company, um, but they work in misinformation, disinformation, which that would be a very good fit. But we're not. it's very, very the very beginning of talks at this point. So uh, if you would like to support this project, I have a Patreon uh, that you can donate to or you can become a paid subscriber. The grant that I live off of is incredibly humble. It basically just pays living expenses and not much more. And trust me, when I say humble, I mean humble. So 
but I was happy to take it. I was happy to take on this project. So if you'd like to help out, you can. It's $5 a month for the lowest uh, subscription that's paid. I have some things. I just downloaded them, and I'm going to start cut them up. I'm going to go through the crazy Hunter Biden series that's on Fox Nation for paid subscribers. It will be newsletters with screenshots, and I'll kind of make fun of this wacky series. They, <laughs> It never ends, but I'll find a way to make fun of it, trust me, and to sort of point out what they're doing. Uh, and I wanted to start with that because it's kind of evergreen because they're never going to stop with this, and it's something that you can only get if you're in Fox Nation, and so it's kind of like this double thing. I don't want to have anything that's pertinent, that's very... Um, like happening now, be locked away for paid subscribers. I'd like something that's a little bit more secret, more, ooh, only you guys get to see this kind of thing. It's not, you know, as important of news, but still interesting. So that's why I want to do Fox Nation, because there's so much on Fox Nation. <laughs> Just the Tucker Carlson documentaries alone are a hoot. I mean, he, I mean, trust me, they'll be interesting. So to get into this week's podcast, they won't let this document stuff die. How to Ignore Two Mass Shootings While Obsessing About Old Classified Documents, a condensed overview of 15 hours of Fox News for the week ending January 29th, 2023. A typical Fox viewer might think that President Biden's classified document scandal is the crime of the century that is part of a not-so-secret plot by scheming Democrats to remove an old senile, blathering idiot, and replace him with a younger, sharper Democrat with a gleaming smile and a glorious head of hair. This past week, Biden's assumed replacement was California Governor Gavin Newsom. The week prior, it was Pete Buttigieg, the man that, according to Fox, only has a job because he's gay. The classified document story continued to dominate the network's coverage last week, even though the only new development is that former Vice President Mike Pence also discovered he accidentally left the White House with classified material. Residents in a mostly Asian area of California experienced two brutal mass shootings last week, but most Fox viewers would have no idea either event happened. The network did what it always does when a story doesn't fit their point of view. They ignored it. The network also neglected to tell their viewers about increasing violence in Israel-Palestine, massive flooding in New Zealand, or that four more members of the Oath Keepers were convicted of seditious conspiracy for the role in the attack on the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. This newsletter and podcast only covers the stories on Fox from Monday through Thursday of last week, as Friday was dominated by the release of body cam footage that showed the police killing of Tyree Nichols and the break-in and attack of Paul Pelosi, the husband of the former Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. So, uh, as I'm going to just say, it says this in the newsletter, I dedicated a newsletter and podcast to all the prime time coverage of both events. And I will hyperlink that, so if you want to check out, if you somehow missed that from last night, you can check it out. The graphs are my favorite part because I went so crazy granular into what was happening with the Fox programming, with the primetime programming, but it was incredibly difficult material to go through and to watch repeatedly, which I did. So here we go. Let's start it off. Fox suddenly acknowledges an Obama executive order. Since the news that classified documents were found in a locked closet at a think tank and then in various locations in Biden's properties, Fox News has promoted the story as a career 
ending scandal. Last week, the network's fever pitch to Steria about the documents hit a bit of a speed bump when similar material was found by former Vice President Mike Pence. For two solid weeks, several Fox News hosts insisted that in no uncertain circumstances would a vice president declassify documents. Greg Jarrett, an attorney and legal analyst for the network, was adamant that Biden could not declassify documents because he was vice president, of course. Now I'm going to play you a longer clip that includes um, a bunch of Fox personalities basically saying the same thing. And again, I went through two weeks to get this, but I think it was worth it because I was saving this for another video. I was going to make it into something else. And I decided, you know what? This is its own thing. This is its own thing. And it completely blew up. Here you go. And by the way, as vice president, he didn't have power to declassify. I think President Biden is more at criminal risk here because Trump had the ability to declassify documents. Trump had the unfettered discretion and authority to declassify. The vice president doesn't have that. Yes, I know the New York Times and CNN have cited an Obama executive order giving the authority to Biden. That was null and void the moment Obama signed it, because, as you know, Professor, a president cannot unilaterally uh, modify or alter or expand a constitutionally given power. Here's, so here's now- the thing about these <laughs> classified documents. As I've said, he had no right to them. He was not president. He could not declassify them. And this even guy though he's the VP and he doesn't have classification authority. It is getting it is worse than whatever Trump did, because, hey, he can't that not being able to classify it is a big deal. I mean, That's right. As concerns about the mishandling of the secret materials grow, a batch of classified files are discovered at former Vice President Mike Pence's Indiana home. Now, the vice since 2009, a vice president can declassify. So Vice President Biden could declassify. Vice President Pence could be declassified. Those clips are comical for a number of different reasons. Uh, The first being the fact that people at Fox News think that they are experts on how to handle classified documents, which, of course, they're not. How could they be? And the second is Greg Jarrett, who is, you know, he's a he's a lawyer, but I don't know if he's a, like a constitutional expert. And he says this constitutional law expert, I should say. He uses this great quote, which I'm going to repeat, but I just played it. But he says, a president cannot unilaterally modify or alter or expand a constitutionally given power, like very dramatically. I don't know when the Constitution was written how much classified documentation was floating around um, or how important that was back in, you know, the late 18th century. So, (laughs) but whatever. Okay. And it may have been added as an amendment at some point. You know, I'm kind of kidding about the 18th century, but I'm sure there was an amendment at some point about classified documents. I'm not I'm not a constitutional scholar or expert. I will admit that openly. However, there was I do know this, that there was an executive order written by President Obama and it's executive order 13526 classified national security information. There is a hyperlink to it in the newsletter. And that allows vice presidents to have the same power as presidents when it comes to declassifying documents. And I also want to add that there's no evidence that President Biden declassified any of the material found on his properties or at the think tank. But there's also 
no evidence that former President Donald J. Trump declassified any of the over 300 documents that were found at Mar-a-Lago that he did not want to give back, which is a fundamental difference between the two that Fox conveniently ignores. So the next story um, was there was a horrible mass shooting. There's two, actually, in California that happened late last week that dominated the news cycle. The first being a mass shooting at Monterey Park, California, where 11 senior age, mostly senior aged Asian people were, were gunned down by a man who then killed himself. And then the other one was at a nearby area where a farm worker who was disgruntled went and killed seven other farm workers. Now, in both cases, the gunmen were Asian, which is very unusual. And the second mass shooting could have been some type of copycat situation from the first mass shooting. It's hard to know. So, whereas PBS, again, dedicated 13% of its airtime to the story, Fox News dedicated one minute, and that was part of their headline news series where they're very quick. They just briefly talk about something. And they only really talked about Monterey Bay. And so this seg- the clip I'm about to play starts with Ansley Earnhardt giving a little bit of insight on the shooter. And then we hear from Brian Kilmeade. And I don't need to explain this. It will explain itself. Well, there were also reports in L.A. Times that he had gone to there were two police sources, law enforcement sources that said gone to the police department and said his family was trying to poison him recently. Right. Right. Uh, here's the amazing thing. When when people knew almost nothing right away, it's guns, bigotry and white supremacy. No one knew anything about the case except for 10, uh, 10 shot. And all of a sudden, everyone just goes to the knee-jerk reaction. I just find that amazing. Yeah, lots of reaction uh, yeah. on social media. Meanwhile, 21 minutes after the hour. Car- so Brian Kilmeade was more upset with the fact that people in the media assumed it may have been a racially motivated crime because all of the victims were Asian. That is what he noted about the story. Oh, how could they? How dare they? How dare they? Rather than the fact that 11 lives were lost. It was 10 initially, and then a person died from their injuries. I don't need... Fox... The levels of human decency that get pushed on this network all the time, even though I have, you know, hyper-studied this network for nearly a year, I'm still surprised. I'm still taken back. Like, are you kidding me? Nobody thought that, hey, maybe that's not a good idea. Somebody in the ear, shut up, Brian, don't say that. Now, the reason why somebody may have thought it was a racially motivated attack, despite the fact that it was just all the victims were Asian and it was in an Asian community, is that partly due to the COVID-19 pandemic and misinformation and disinformation that spread about the origins of COVID-19, Asian hate crimes against Asian Americans rose 339 percent from 2020 to 2021. There was also a bill that was passed in Congress that it will temporarily um, basically increase penalties for people who target Asian Americans. It's supposed to run out when the COVID is COVID-19 is no longer an issue. So maybe it's not even an effect anymore, but it was supposed to be temporarily to prevent this 
surge of violence and vandalism and hate that was directed at the Asian American community. So yeah, Brian Kilmeade, maybe that's why people thought it's not that unusual for someone to to think that that might be the problem because of the nature of that attack. So going from that, which is kind of depressing, we're going to watch or listen to, shall I say, Jessica Tarloff, everybody's favorite liberal on The Five, lay in <laughs> to her cast members. And they tried, they tried so hard to, to shout her down, but she persevered. She persisted. I'm going to play this clip. Um, they were discussing President Biden, just sort of general criticism, which is a common theme on The Five. And it's somehow the conversation veered towards the national debt. They were not talking about the debt ceiling. I went back and looked through my notes. They don't talk about the debt ceiling. That's just something they don't talk about on the on Fox in general. Um, but they, during this discussion, Jessica Tarloff just sort of took that baton and she ran with it. And this was incredibly popular on Twitter when Didn't I posted Joe Biden it. go on the biggest spending spree in American history? No, uh, Donald Trump actually spent a lot more than him. So Donald Trump is personally responsible uh, as the president for about 30 percent of the national debt. And I believe uh, Joe Biden's brought it down by one point four trillion since he's been in office. So COVID money. But just let me, let me this. Speak. You, I was asked a question. I answered it. Donald Trump is responsible for more of the national debt than Joe Biden is. Period. End of story. Those are what the numbers say. We also had a good jobs report today or a good economic report. I know, Brian, you spoke about it this morning on Fox and Friends. 2.9% fourth quarter growth, 2.1% increase in consumer spending. Those are good indicators. Um, when people are talking about all the layoffs, the layoffs are in one sector, in tech. And basically, they're right-sizing the fact that they overhired in 2021, uh, 2021, sorry, and 2022. So they're going back to the mean there. They paid people way too much, gave people big, fancy titles. They couldn't afford to do that. So... I'm not for calling everybody a MAGA Republican. I know that was part of what he was talking about today. But he does have an economic record to run on. And he does have the fact that you have um, important representatives, so much so that people thought that he could be speaker, this Kevin Hearn, who said we have to make these uh, we have to make uh, hard decisions about what's going on with Social Security and Medicare. And he's part of a conference of 160 conservative Republicans who have said that they want to look at changing the retirement age. That's something that Nancy Mays, for instance, uh, a Republican, has said is absolute non-starter, non-starter. McCarthy said that as well. But get your caucus in line. If you don't want Democrats talking about the fact that there are people in your conference who are important to you, by the way, saying that we should raise the retirement age, people are going to pay attention to it and they're going to vote accordingly. Now, I, again, I don't know if that was sometimes I wonder because everybody on Fox, on the five, they openly talk about it. They have an earpiece and they'll talk about like the booth, a producer telling them to wrap it up or to go to commercial or end the story. And I know because they joke about it, there's times where someone's telling them to shut up. They don't say that out loud, but they'll say, oh, somebody, yeah, let's not talk about that. And you can see like the panic on their face. And I know I've seen it with Jesse Waters. He's been a few times where you could tell someone's telling him to stop talking, <laughs> stop saying that. Now, I don't think they would necessarily say that to Jessica Tarloff, because that is her gig. She is the liberal on the show. But at the same time, it was astonishing to see 
the you know the regular cast hold back and i kind of wonder because again what was that monologue about it was critical of trump and i do think that fox i think there's enough evidence that they have soured on him a bit. Now, I think they would fully endorse him if he's the nominee because they are that craven and they just want ratings and they want money and they don't care. But there's enough evidence to know that if they get a better candidate, they're going to go with that better candidate. They've had Nikki Haley on and she talked about possibly running and they were very, um, oh, she's wonderful, she's great. They, They have dispense. They worship DeSantis. So, you know, I don't know if they purposely were like, let her go, let her be, let her talk, because that was kind of amazing. She got out a lot there. And I do think I would agree with her that even, you know, very MAGA conservative Republicans, if you told them, oh, by the way, person who's 64 or (laughs) 63, we're going to raise that retirement age to, you know, 69. Good luck to you. That's going to not be popular. Americans are going to get very angry about that. We're going to raise the retirement age to 71, you know, whatever. I'm just making stuff up here. But people do get very worked up about Social Security. Um, So I can't imagine. I would agree with everything Jessica Tarloff said in regards to that. So the next one is a favorite that I haven't done in a while. And this one comes with a little bumper, which I do live. Um, but this one is called Clutch Your Pearls. <sighs> Clutch Your Pearls. And that's basically when somebody on Fox says something that they are just outraged by, yet they do all the time themselves. This is Laura Ingram herself of the Ingram Angle. And she wasn't really on the show last week because she had a skiing accident. So she had to have surgery. So they had substitute hosts the whole week. Now, this is the one moment that she had in the sun. And I, I just, again, I found, I find this funny because it's so absurd. It's just like, how do you say this with a straight face? But she's enraged that someone would criticize Fox News. Enraged. Just clutch your pearls. He was gaslighting the first, attacking the free press. Well, the one network that consistently holds him accountable. Telling an ABC affiliate in California that, It's a disgrace what we say at Fox every night. He said there's xenophobia, there's racial priming, whatever that is. What they've done to perpetuate crime and violence in this country. What? Xenophobia? Racial priming? Xenophobia? How dare you, Gavin Newsom? How dare you? That's sort of a much more animated version of Laura Ingram, but there you go. If if you're from... I'm just this is a really, really specific reference. But if you're from the St. Louis area or southern Illinois, this was like a regional show. I've met people from other parts of the country who have seen it. There was a show called The Letter People that was produced in St. Louis and had puppets. And there was a character named Miss I. And the way she speaks sort of reminds me of Laura Ingram. (laughs) She wasn't a villain, but there's a similar like low clenched jaw okay tonight what are we doing raymond romano what are we doing arrero raymond arrero that's his name her sidekick (laughs) oh wow yeah biden he's old he's senile bunch of communists that's what they are xenophobia how dare you well okay this is why 
people say that Fox News promotes xenophobia. Do you, do you really want to know? Because you do promote xenophobia. The network is obsessed with trashing migrants and immigrants. Tucker Carlson, your number one host on your network, regularly promotes a white supremacist theory called the Great Replacement, where he believes that the Democratic Party and the elites are purposefully importing Latino voters and other vote demographics that they think will vote Democratic, which doesn't make sense. Well, vote Democrat, I should say, doesn't make sense because the Latino community is not a monolith. They don't all vote the same. It's Latino uh, immigrants come from various countries with different cultures. Cubans vote completely differently because they are have you know deep seated hatred of communism, so they tend to vote Republican. So it's just nutty. And I'm can, I can tell you the one thing I can say with utmost certainty. If I, I would go, I haven't been able to do this yet, but if I went back through all of my spreadsheets for the entire year that I've covered Fox, I give you. With no doubt, the border is one of the number one things they talk about. Even during the Ukraine war, when it first started, most of their coverage was the war because everybody's coverage was the war. It was a huge, big deal. They still found a way to slide in like border crisis segments where they would, you know, fit like three fourths of their coverage would be Ukraine. And then they'd be like, and now that we're back, um, talk about invading our southern border, boom, boom, and they would show the graphic and they'd move on. So yeah, you do promote xenophobia. You do promote xenophobia. I don't know what to tell you. So anyway, now this next segment is a personal favorite. I get so excited every time I see this. And this was uh, a gentleman who has a very thick uh, accent. So I will go ahead and I put, because of his accent, I went ahead and and transcribed it and put it on the screen in captions. But I will explain. If you can't understand it, I'm going to say exactly what he said. Um, but this is really something. This is a very brief segment. This man was on. His name is um, Francisco Marte. He came on. He's the president of the Bodega and Small Business Association. And he came on to talk about crime in New York City. And I think that's completely legitimate. He came off as a very reasonable person. I totally understood his concerns. I've lived here for 21 years. I can't imagine running a bodega. I think that would be incredibly challenging and difficult. A bodega, if you're not familiar with the term, is like one of these little small stores. It's in urban areas. It kind of sells everything. You can go to a bodega. You can get food, soda. You can get lottery tickets. Uh, sometimes they'll have like little goofy trinkets, depending where you go. They have all kinds of stuff in a bodega. It's it's And they're like, we live or die by our bodegas. We have to have our bodegas. But because they're in these urban areas, they get robbed. People mess them up. There was one last year that I had to cover for a project at school where a man threw a Molotov cocktail into the bodega. And they still don't really know why. He just got unhinged and wasn't a personal beef. He didn't even know the people who owned it. He just kind of snapped and threw a Molotov cocktail into a bodega. Everybody was fine. There was some damage, but everybody was fine. Nobody got hurt. The man was arrested immediately, but still... Yeah, I totally get it. So given that background, du Steve Ducey was asking him a number of questions and he's answering them and the answers are fine. And then he hits him with this question and this was just really fun to see. That's all I have to say. The, he didn't answer him as expected. Absolutely. Um, Francisco, you know, um, 
We have been uh, covering the fact that there are close to 40,000 migrants have been shipped to New York City, bust in. Are the migrants a problem for your stores? No, no, we don't be having a problem with the migrant yet. Now, if you didn't catch it, he just says, no, no, we aren't having problems with immigrants yet. <laughs> just very quickly. No hesitation. No, no, we aren't having any problems with immigrants yet. What? And it was great because Ducey was really hoping for all oh, the migrants. And he's, I mean, I don't know Francisco's background, but I would probably guess, given the thickness of his accent, that he's probably also an immigrant himself. So <laughs> that was just such a great moment. I, oh man, when I caught that, I was like, yes. And I call that one, when Fox guests go rogue. And it happens more than you think. And I love it. It's always people like, uh, Francisco there, where it's just an, an ordinary American who gets asked a question and just doesn't respond like Fox thinks because they're not a professional pundit. They're not a contributor. They don't care. They're going to say whatever they, they're going to say. Now, the next section is stories Fox News ignored. Every week, I compare 15 hours of Fox News programming to five hours of the PBS NewsHour. The following list is a list of stories that PBS covered that Fox News did not. Now, again, I just want to preface, I don't watch the legitimate news shows on Fox News, but quite frankly, they don't get a big audience. So I specifically target Fox and Friends, The Five, and one of the primetime shows because they have the largest share of the audience and the most influence. So on the shows that I covered, these stories were never mentioned. And the first two are a bit dire. So here we go. Last Thursday was the deadliest day in the occupied West Bank for two decades. Israeli forces raided Jenin, killed nine people, and wounded several others. The Palestinian Authority responded by cutting security coordination with Israel. Israel defended its actions, saying it was an attempt to apprehend a terror squad belonging to the Islamic Jihad terror organization. On Friday, immediately following the West Bank attack, a 21-year-old Palestinian gunman killed seven Israelis outside of a synagogue in East Jerusalem. The gunman was killed by police. A farm worker killed seven people at two Half Moon Bay mushroom farms. The shooter, Kanili Zhao, was a former employee at one farm and a current employee at the other farm. He was motivated to kill over a $100 repair bill of a forklift. Zhao was captured by police and remains in custody. PBS combined the Monterey Park, Half Moon Bay, and another mass shooting into one larger segment about gun violence in America. The shows I surveyed on Fox last week did include a short one-minute segment about Monterey Park for a total of 0.18% of airtime. So that's roughly two tenths of a percent of its airtime. That brief. Washington state legislators revealed a plan to form a domestic violence extremist commission that would take a both civil engagement and public health approach. Charlie McGonigal, a former FBI agent, was arrested last week for his ties to a Russian oligarch, Oleg Deripaska. McGonagall is charged with violating U.S. sanctions by attempting to take Deripaska's off the sanction list. McGonagall is also charged with taking bribes and money laundering. 
The FDA made changes that would ease restrictions for gay and bisexual men to donate blood. Restrictions were put in place during the AIDS crisis. All blood, regardless of the donor, is screened for HIV and other diseases. On the shows I covered last week, I did not see any segment dedicated to the International Holocaust Remembrance Day, which was also the 70th anniversary of the liberation of the Auschwitz death camps. The Secret Service just released a study on mass shooters. The study analyzed 173 mass shootings from 2016 to 2020. Some highlights from the report. 96% of the attackers were male, 57% were white, and 34% were black. Nearly all the attackers experienced at least one significant stressor within five years of the attack, most of which were issues with family and romantic relationships. The Justice Department sued Google for monopolizing digital advertising spaces, which is a violation of the Sherman Antitrust Act. The United Nations released a report that forecasted a drop in global economic growth. The slower economic forecast is due to a rise in interest rates and inflation. Auckland, the largest city in New Zealand, has been hit with flooding due to record-breaking rainfalls. Rupert Murdoch backtracked on his plan to merge News Corp with the Fox Corporation. The company split 10 years ago. Murdoch is the founder of Fox News. The Justice Department announced new arrests in an Iranian-based plot to assassinate Mashis Anilijad, a U.S.-based Iranian journalist and human rights activist. American skier Michaela Schifrin earned her 85th World Cup win and could tie or beat the Alpine skiing World Cup record before the competition is complete. She's on track to be one of the greatest women skiers in history. Four more members of the Oath Keepers were convicted of seditious conspiracy last week for their role in the attack on the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. The U.S. trial of Gennaro Garcia Luna, a former top security official in Mexico, began last week. Luna is facing charges related to receiving millions in bribes from drug cartels and helping them evade authorities. Patrick Crucis will plead guilty to shooting and killing 23 people in a racially motivated attack at an El Paso El Paso Walmart in October 2019. Amazon has plans to expand its healthcare services via a prescription drug subscription service. Political protests have continued in Peru over the ousted former President Pedro Castillo, who tried to dissolve the Congress when he was facing impeachment. 47 people have been killed in clashes with security forces in the ensuing protests that have stretched on for over seven weeks. The number, now this one, this one, we need a moment. (laughs) Brace yourself. Fox would never say this. The number of migrants illegally entering the U.S. from Cuba, Venezuela, Nicaragua, and Haiti have dropped dramatically due to border enforcement measures enacted by the Biden administration. These are new border enforcement measures. (sighs) That's never going to never gonna go near Fox News. Last week, the New York Stock Exchange was temporarily shut down due to technical glitches before resuming regular trading at 9.50 Eastern Standard Time. I just, that just, to me, that just, wow, that story was like crazy. People probably lost their minds. Anyway, Pope Francis clarified his statements about homosexuality and sin. 
Francis made the comments in an interview last Tuesday with the Associated Press, in which he declared that laws criminalizing homosexuality were unjust and that being homosexual is not a crime. The NewsHour also included another extended segment on their series about the crisis of mental health among American youth. Those are all the stories. That's always a lot. But if you could tell, like, the Rupert Murdoch story, the story about migrants, the mass shootings, political protests in Peru, all of those, you'd think people would want to know about them, but not a Fox audience. They're never going to hear about it. So by the numbers, I make charts of the top five topics on each network. For Fox, it was Biden's classified documents at 12%. Then the Tyree Nichols body cam footage. Gavin Newsom, 4%, just stories about Gavin Newsom of like how crazy he is and his hair. They always talk about his hair, um, which is odd. Democrats kicked off committees, 3%, and layoffs, 3%. Now, PBS, completely radically different. 13%, the mass shooting in Monterey Park, California. 7%, also the Ty, Tyree Nichols police killing. Ukraine war, artist profile, and gun violence in America followed. Now, I changed it a little bit because uh, the Tyree Nichols police killing, PBS had far more depth through their coverage than just like Jesse Waters just showed that horrible body cam footage for 66% of his airtime and talked to former cops who basically said it was regulations fault and you know that people are too mean to cops that was Jesse Waters handling of it it was excruciating to watch that so the words used on Fox for the week ending um, January 29th 2023 Nothing too crazy. Biden, 251. Documents, 165. The word classified, 103rd. 103, that is Trump, 92. Crime, 62. Gas, Hunter Biden, DeSantis, Newsom, inflation, all kind of scored highly. Eggs, 18 times, because why not? And AOC made the list. She's back for two references. Defund the police for eight. Race for 11. Migrant for 14. So not anything extremely exciting, but still interesting to see that AOC is back for no reason whatsoever. Like she wasn't in the news. It doesn't make any sense. Fox News will find a way to include her because that's what they do. Now, this week I'm doing Fox and Friends, The Five and Jesse Waters Primetime. And uh, I might do another episode, a short one, not like a monster size newsletter like these are. It might be a short one because I did post a very popular video about sort of debunking some of Fox News claims about the American energy sector and the oil and gas industry. And basically, I posted from a primary source, three graphs, and some people like lost their minds. And the way they tried to come at me was very, I found it very funny, because they were terrible at it. And uh, I'll just kind of explore that. I'm not going to put people's users' names on in it or anything like that, but I will kind of explore how people tried to debunk something that they couldn't debunk, and they did such a bad job at it, and it was just making me laugh. I had to stop because I'm like, I can't keep reading these; they're too funny. But it was like I was telling them that their god was dead. They just could not handle the fact that I'm like, the U.S. is the number one producer of crude oil, <laughs> and then just hear the collective screams of like, that can't be right. That's what I was dealing with. Anyway, but that will be coming up soon, hopefully, depending on how this week goes. But my podcast mascots, Odin and Thor, send their love. Thor was making a lot of noise at the beginning of this, driving me crazy, but I love him. He's the cutest. 
And if you would like to help this podcast, you can do so at my Patreon at Decoding Fox News, or you can become a paid subscriber. It's only $5 a month if you can. I have some extra content coming up for you if you're a paid subscriber. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you at the next podcast. Thank you so much for supporting this project. It means so much to me. Thanks a lot. Bye.